it's Marcia Cork. I'm a certified change practitioner and diversity professional. For years, I've helped corporate teams and professionals navigate operational changes and improve workplace culture. Now, I create simple public speaking, communication, and change solutions that turn everyday people into confident professionals and entrepreneurs. Change is hard. Change is messy and change is scary. I know because just a few years ago, I was in a rocky marriage, unemployed, and broke all at the same time. Eventually, though, I had to lean in, trust my skill set, and be my own solution. I'm also a seasoned voiceover talent and the voice of many of the brands you know and trust. So I know a little something about moving from hardship to entrepreneurship and helping you reset and rebrand. I'm Marcia Cork, and I am The Change Coach. Okay, so this is the mini media session. We're going to hit um, approximately three exercises in under an hour. This first exercise is the one I said I was going to have you standing. So it's called the proud stance. So as we go through all of my exercises, it's basically focusing on what confidence can look like and what confidence can sound like. So when we're practicing the proud stance, this is an example of what confidence can look like. I do this exercise because um, one of the things that makes people look like they lack confidence um, or you know, poise or professionalism is when they do things like they fidget, they'll stand up and they rock. You know, if you think about what you see people do, all the things that you see people do wrong, it's usually things like this. They will um, mess with their earrings or they'll adjust their hair or they'll keep you know, pulling down their, um, their shirt. All those things show that you are not comfortable with yourself. And so the point of the proud stance is to get people to a, uh, to a point where they can stand confidently for one to three minutes without making any adjustments. So uh, position, uh, the proud stance is a position that you can hold for one to three minutes. You should appear confident, but you should be comfortable. You want to build your ability to hold that position without fidgeting, without rocking, without adjusting your clothes or any accessories that you're wearing. You're going to tell your story in a way that's matter of fact. And by telling your story, I mean, you know, whatever it is, whatever that public speaking opportunity is. So you're going to speak in a way that's matter of fact, but isn't tone deaf. So whatever it is that you're talking about that day should reflect um, the emotion that you want to mirror. You want the audience to mirror. So if you're telling a funny story, you want to, you know, just kind of giggle along the way because you want to invoke that same emotion out of the people who are participating, who are your listening audience. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, the average question, the average Q&A response takes one to two minutes. So if you are speaking and you're on camera, or if you're speaking and it's, and it's live, you want to be able to hold that position for the full length of that question. Um, And that way you appear confident the whole time. So have you heard of the superhero pose? No. Okay. So this was popularized, I want to say maybe about 15 years ago, there was a social, social psychologist that came up with this superhero pose. And what she was saying was, if you stand in the superhero position, so, you know, typically it's the arms folded in front of the chest, Mm-hmm. Um, the power uh, power power I think it was called power pose it makes you it builds up all of the endorphins and chemistry that makes you feel more um, more confident and so she suggests using it before say an interview um, you know uh, uh, if you're going in and asking for more money you know HR any 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 opportunity where it's, there's some power struggle some feeling of dominance and subordination and if you're feeling more of the subordinate or you're feeling a little bit more inferior then you want to practice this pose because standing in that position makes you feel more um, in power or in control and the power stance does the same thing so once you get to the point where you can just stand and fall into a comfortable position without rocking fidgeting or making any adjustments it demonstrates confidence because all eyes are on you. You're commanding attention versus doing all the things that uh, will distract people. You know, does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay. okay. So I'm going to have you stand up and fall into a comfortable position. 
I'm going to do it with you, and I'm not going to judge your sweatpants. All right, all right. <laughs> I'm going to do it without any adjustments. So I need to adjust my camera a bit. Okay, you are out of sight. I don't see you. Okay. All right, so I saw a slight adjustment. So we're going to work on that. But so think about yourself if you're sitting in the audience or if you are out of the view of the camera and then you're, you've been introduced and you're making your way to, into the camera or into the view of the audience. You are going to do that without fixing your jacket, without fixing your pants. Or if you do that, you do it out of the view of the camera or out of the view of the audience. So, you know, off stage. But then once you get there, you do exactly what you're doing. You hold that position. Is that one that you can hold comfortably for one to three minutes? Yes. Do you feel comfortable? I do. You think you can hold it without rocking? I saw a slight rock, but not too much. Yeah, I can hold this. Okay. So it doesn't always have to be that position. If that is how you naturally fall, it's perfectly fine because that's actually where where I fall naturally. I, I do something like this. Occasionally, I might fold my hands. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, fold my arms. Uh, depending, some people, you know, will put one hand on their hip or one hand in a pocket and the other hand is resting. So there are a number of positions and it doesn't matter which you choose. It's just something that you want to be comfortable holding for the amount of time it takes to answer a question or at least to get familiar with the audience where they can see that you appear comfortable and confident. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. You can have a seat. Okay. So one of the exercises that we're going to do, um, the ABC exercise, I'm going to have you fall into that position and actually deliver the alphabet while in that position. So the idea behind pairing these things together is you get to get um, as realistic as we're going to get today, <laughs> a realistic example of what it looks like and feels like to deliver with confidence, holding a position, not fidgeting, not making any adjustments. And you won't have to think about what it is you have to say because you'll be reciting the alphabet. So I'm going to move on to the ABC exercise and we can put these two things together. Okay. All right. So like, now we're gonna, what's that? My bad. I'm about to say, if you see me like look down, just because I'm just trying to take a couple of notes. Okay. Nope. No problem at all. Yeah. All right. So my ABC exercise, I call it the ABC exercise. I call it the ABC challenge. Um, it is reciting the alphabet, but telling it like a story. It's reciting it in the same way that you would if you were having a casual conversation with a friend. So with my ABC challenge, you're going to recall telling a recent story, and you're going to recall telling that story because I want you to think about how you sound when you have a conversation, okay? Then you're going to replace the words with the alphabet. You're going to mimic your speaking voice. You're going to make it sound as conversational as you can. Because usually when we deliver the alphabet, we do it like a song. So I don't want you to do it like a song. You know, I don't want you to make it sound like a nursery rhyme. I want you to speak the alphabet. So you're going to add vocal variety. You're going to speed up. You're going to slow down. You're going to giggle occasionally. Um, you'll increase your volume or lower your volume because that's what we do when we tell a story, right? And so if you're telling something and you get to the really exciting part of the story, you might get like this when you're telling that part, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're telling some, uh, you know, the people are nearby and you want to make sure you're, you know, you get a little private or, or it's, uh, you know, a little something that you don't want people to hear, you'll lower your voice. So that's what we do in a conversation. It's all of that vocal variety. So doing that is um, telling, reciting the alphabet in a way that mirrors your personality. And that's how all of your responses to questions should be. You should, you should deliver each response in the same way that you sound when you're having a conversation with a friend. So that's giving people a glimpse into your personality and making people feel comfortable with you, okay? You're gonna add facial expressions and you're gonna add gestures that match because that's what we do when we have a conversation, right? We don't, we're not stoic. Our facial expressions change depending on what it is that we're saying. 
and we use our hands. Some people use their use, you know, use their hands for, for impact and for drama. And you're going to do that. You repeat it until it's mastered. You'll do it. Uh, you can record yourself doing it. You can do it on your phone. I want you to do it in front of a mirror. So we'll do the exercise today, but this is one that you can repeat as often as necessary. It's the thing that is something you can do all the time because you're just reciting the alphabet and getting to the point where it sounds very comfortable. Okay. So I'm going to demonstrate, I'll demonstrate seated, but then I'll also stand up and show you what I'm expecting you to do today. Okay. Okay. So um, just like in an interview or just like, um, you know, going live on social media or anything like that, it always starts with an introduction. So you're going to introduce yourself. Then typically you want to give people a preview of what it is that you're going to talk about. So you're going to tell, tell me that you're going to recite the alphabet. And then you should always close with some type of call to action or, um, you know, sending people, sharing your Instagram handle, sharing, sharing any of your social media handles and usernames so people know where to find you and continue the conversation afterward. So do, as you do this exercise, you're going to do it in a way that um, gets you more and more acclimated to doing this whenever you do an interview, to introducing yourself, to um, sharing your social media handles and, uh, and usernames, directing people to your business and some type of call of action. Okay. Make sense. Okay. All right. And I know I'm running through all of this quickly because, you know, we got an hour and it's a lot that I want you to do within that hour. So I'll demonstrate. Good evening, John. My name is Marcia Cork, and I'm going to do something interesting with the alphabet today. A, B, C, D, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, um, M, N, O, P, Q, R, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, um, w, X, Y, Z. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the ABC challenge and you can follow me on Instagram at it's Marcia Cork to continue the conversation. So it's just that casual. Okay. I'm not expecting you to sound like Barack Obama. I want you to sound like John delivering the alphabet. And I want it to sound the same way that it would sound if you were telling me a story. Okay. Okay. So I will <laughs> let you practice first so you can press mute. Uh, if you want to step away for the camera, you can do that too. It's perfectly fine because I know you're coming back. Take a minute or so. Don't take too long, but just practice introducing yourself, letting me know what you're going to do and then do it. And then close out with, you know, thank you and some type of call to action. Okay. Okay. I think I'm ready. I'm, I just want to just go just straight into it. All right. <laughs> I want to try to go straight into it. All right. So good afternoon. It's Marcia. My name is John Brinson. And today I will be presenting to you the alphabet. So ABC, EFG, XIJ, K, LMNOP, QR, S, TUV, WXYZ. Um, thank you for allowing me to pre present that today. And you can follow me at YouTube, um, DMV Wealth Builders, or Instagram at DMV Wealth Builders. Um, thank you and have a great day. Good. How painful was that? It was it was nerve-wracking. It wasn't um it was painful because I felt like I almost forgot the alphabet because I'm so used to singing it. Yes, that <laughs> um, does happen. <laughs> I was like, oh man, elementary school. But uh it was it was a little difficult, but I try to remember you said just be you. Just be you. Mm -hmm. How I normally talk, just do it. Mm -hmm. So I have to say, you did that pretty well, especially for your first time out of out of pocket, because most people, even though I say don't sing it and don't sound robotic, they can't help but do that. They make it sound very choppy. And your first run at this actually sounded a lot like your natural speaking voice. So the same way you sounded introducing yourself and the same way you sounded closing, I actually heard that throughout your delivery. Okay. So how, um, how much personality do you typically integrate into a conversation? So let's say you're at, you're at the bank and someone comes in and you're making small talk with your customers. How close is 
the personality or the identity that you give off at work? How close is that to the real John? That's a good question. It, it kind of depends on, you know, who I'm talking to and what I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, the flow of the conversation. But if it's like, you know, real good conversation, then I, I just be me. Just, mm -hmm. It's just 100% me. Um, but if it's more of a, how can I say this? More of, um, I guess, I try not to be PNC. Like, I work for PNC, but I try not to be PNC because okay. I feel like that don't really get the job done like it's supposed to be. You know, so I try to be... I try to be more of me, if that may. I don't know if I answered the question right. So what does it mean to be PNC? Um, PNC is like, I guess, like more, I'm not saying I'm not professional. I am professional when, when I'm at work, but I'm not like, you know, the black and white on paper, how you should be. Like, how you doing? My name is John. Um, thank you for coming to the bank today. Um, and, you know, just that, the verbs that they want you to use. Oh, Okay. Okay, so they do, they give you kind of a script. Right, right. Oh. And then some, and the audience that I'm talking to, um, the script is written from somebody, I don't know, from some that's not from our area. Okay. So the, the audience I'm talking to, I cannot, you know, I cannot just verbally say, you know, everything on the script because it just won't come off right. Okay. Can you give me some examples of what's on the script? Sure. Uh, so, so it, it is some, something like this, like, okay. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, how are you managing, you know, your, your debt or it say something. That's how I would say, you know, how do you manage it? Mm -hmm. Um, but PNC want me to say, well, what plans do you have in place to make sure your debt is paid off and all this, this long strip, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, I can say that mm -hmm. after the, the, the fifth word, the person I'm talking to is zoned out. So I try to shorten it and still get the question, still get the point across. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's that's Q and A. That's um, that's that is actually an exercise that I have called message box. Mm -hmm. So in the message box exercise, I teach people how to expect the tough questions or expect the common questions. So when you, as you prepare, um, you know your content, or you prepare to interact for the first time with a new audience or or any audience for that matter you should have some talking points prepared that are in line with that audience. So although it'll be the same material and you, it might be the same thing that you want to deliver to a variety of different people, that same thing has to be shared, but customized depending on the audience. So the same information that you want to share, you have to be able to deliver it um, in, a, in, a, in a different language for every audience. Right. So how, how can I say this and still reach this particular audience, but using different phrasing? So that's the message box. So you're thinking about, you know, five to seven common questions or five to seven things that you know you're going to talk about, but be able to say it in a way that you can circle back to other specific points that you want to make. OK, so it's it's a, it's developing the same content for a variety of different audiences based on the audience's expectations and the types of things that they're going to ask you. OK, so you are you're you're already doing that. Um, and it's and it's actually great that you are aware that you need that you need to or can do that. You can, you know, kind of tailor your personality and tailor tailor the conversation based on the interaction that you're having and the, the type of person that you're dealing with. So you're going to do that now with the ABC exercise. So you've given it to me one way. Now think about the variety of people that you might interact with at PNC and beyond. And what might you do to deliver this in a different way? So do something different. Maybe what you just gave me was if you were meeting a new customer at PNC. Now tell me this uh, in the way that you would say it to uh, your grandmother. Or or of a, a friend. Okay. If and there's any going. laughter, if there's any, um, like I said, changing the volume, um, adding more drama, exaggerating it somewhere, give me a little bit more vocal variety this time. Okay. Um, so now with that, can I ask a question real quick? Mm -hmm. Now, am I speaking to just one particular person or, or I guess a group of people? 
That's a good question. So you, uh, anytime you are addressing an audience, you should think about that audience in advance. Now, typically what I tell people is you're usually delivering or interacting with the audience of your peers. So the reason why people know John is because, or the reason why you're even addressing this audience is because people have come to know John for some, for some rhyme or reason, right? You were either introduced by an acquaintance or introduced by a colleague and birds of a feather flock together. So whatever it is that got you in front of that audience, there's already going to be some type of tie or connection. And you can assume that the rest of, of the audience is going to be a lot like this person, right? Or the audience is going to be made up of similar people. So for example, if you were addressing an audience of um, you know, uh, AARP members, then you can make some assumptions about what that audience, the demographics of that audience, right? You know, you're going to have a specific age range. You know, you're probably going to have a little bit of variety in maybe um, education or income levels, but that's the type of information that you can get in advance. If you're speaking at a Mocha Moms event and you want to talk to people about um, managing their income while being a, a, a stay-at-home mom, then you know the audience is made up of stay-at-home moms. You know that they are going to have little to no income, or maybe they're entre entrepreneurs, but you can make some assumptions about that audience, some safe assumptions about that audience based on how you got there, You know who, who it is you're presenting to, what's the event, what's the occasion. You can make some as assumptions about who's in that audience. Does that make sense? Makes sense, makes sense. Okay. And then of course, you're gonna tailor the content, tailor the language, and perhaps even tailor your delivery based on, on that audience. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna screw the camera back just a little bit. Okay. And I do like a, can we pretend this is like a, like a whiteboard or something? Sure. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so good afternoon, everybody. My name is John, and um, today I will be reciting the alphabet. So we have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, um, you know, H, I, J, K, L, O, M, N, O, L, M, N, O, I'm sorry, P, of course, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Um, guys, thank you for, you know, allowing me to present the alphabet to you today. And again, you can find me on Instagram at DMV Wealth Builders or YouTube, DMV Wealth Builders. And again, thank you so much. Have a great day. That was excellent. I, I loved so many things about that. <laughs> so I, I loved that you made it sound the way it would if you were addressing the audience of, and it sounded like you already, it looked like you already had some people in mind. It looked like you put yourself in an environment where you would normally present to people and you presented it in that way. So you're usually holding some type of, you know, tablet or um, other visual and walking, walking people through information or procedures or something like that. So I like that you mirrored that same type of environment and exchange. So very well done. I want to comment on when you stumble. When you stumble doing this challenge is just like when you stumble having a conversation with someone. And we do that all the time, okay. right? So it actually makes you more relatable. It actually humanizes you. What people like about great speakers or people who um, deliver and communicate well is that they really feel like you, they're getting uh, your most authentic version of yourself. It's not that they're looking for perfection. It's, there, it's really that they're looking for you to be relatable. And so when you stumble, it's more of a human-like quality that actually makes people relate to you more. So I tell people all the time, when they are nervous about giving a speech and they're nervous about public speaking, one of the things that they're worried about is, is messing up, that they, they're concerned about losing their place and not being able to find their place, pick back up where they left off. And what I tell people is don't worry about that because when you mess up, people are actually cheering for you. They are 
They, they get anxious for you. They want you to find your place. They're like, oh, oh, I hope she finds it. You know, oh, I hope he gets it. They're actually cheering you on. So even when you uh, lose your place or you stumble, it's actually, a, it's actually an opportunity for them to connect with you even more. And so what's a successful speech is how, how authentic you are and how you capture their, um, their, their attention and then recollection. So the important thing about a speech is recall. How much do people remember and retain and then reach out to you and connect with you afterward? So a stumble is still a success. Okay. Okay. Very well done. All right. So now I'm just going to have you do it one more time, but okay. I'm going to have you stand up, fall into your proud stance. So you, I want you to get in front of the camera without any fidgeting, without any rocking, without tugging at any clothes, and then give me your introduction and fall into the ABC exercise. Okay. You ready right now? Uh-huh. Okay. And then, all right, so doing, doing a stance, um, I can't move or do it, or can I use, like, you know, hand gestures? Oh, yeah, you can use hand gestures. Okay, cool, cool, mm -hmm. cool. All right, so I gotta have to, like, stay still. Uh, okay. Right. So um, before you begin, I can explain that. So this is about that initial, um, that initial meeting. You know how people, what people say about first impressions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really about making your first impression. It's about capturing their attention. So if you stand up and you make your way to the platform, you know, to the stage, to the podium, or you're making your way into the view of the camera, that first impression is everything. So if you're able to, to, to walk right into it without any fidgeting and without any adjustments, it already commands people's attention. So the minute you do that, then you can start to engage and be yourself. It's more about looking confident and comfortable the whole time, and but initially capturing their attention. So once you capture, capture their attention, you can do just about anything. You can start doing cartwheels once you have their attention and you look, you look and appear confident, right? So that's really what it's about. It's about being able to, to stand without the fidgeting, without all of the adjustments that show a weakness or a flaw in your character, in your character and then you can go into whatever you would do during a conversation. Okay. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is John Brinson, and today I will be presenting to you guys the alphabet. So here we go. A, B, C, E, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Thank you guys for allowing me to present the alphabet to you today. And you can always find me at DMV Wealthbuilders on Instagram or YouTube, DMV Wealthbuilders. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Well done. All right, so take a second mm -hmm. and then do it again. Okay. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is John Brinson. And today I will be reciting the alphabet for you today. A, B, C, E, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And as always, thank you um, for allowing me to present the alphabet today. And you can find me at DMV Wealth Builders on Instagram or also on YouTube. Just type in DMV Wealth Builders. Again, thank you so much and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the night. Good. All right. So I see a, I see some consistency here. So I can see that it's a part of, of, of what you would normally do if you were standing. You do kind of pace. Did you <laughs> right, notice right. that? I do. Right. So when I had you fall into the position and you thought you had to hold it for that one to three minutes, you didn't move. You almost didn't want to let go of your hands or anything. But when I gave you the, the, the freedom and free reign to 
to, to do what you would normally do, your natural inclination is to pace a little bit. Did you see, you see that? Right, right. Okay. So it's not terribly distracting, but it is a little bit distracting. Distracting. So anything that's not terribly distracting, I'm, I'm okay with. But when it starts to be a distraction, then, we, then that's the problem. So if you could do it, still use the hand gestures. And if you do rock a little bit, you just have to be aware of when you're starting to pace. Okay. Because okay? it takes less than, it, it doesn't even take, you know, a full 30 seconds to recite the alphabet. And so in that short amount of time, I could see quite a bit of pacing. So if I were to give you an opportunity to, you know, talk for three minutes, I think I would see a lot of pacing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's try it again and see if you can do it with a little less pacing. Still okay to loosen up, still okay to, to add some hand gestures, but try not to pace so much. Okay. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is John Brinson. And today I will be reciting the alphabet for you. A, B, C, E, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Thank you so much for allowing me to present the alphabet for you today. And you can always find me at DMV Wealth Builders on Instagram or on YouTube, DMV Wealth Builders. Again, thank you so much and have a great night. Good. No rocking that time. And, and what I did see just seemed um, not a distract, not a distraction at all. It just seemed like you being your authentic self, but a little bit more under control. And that's what comes with this exercise. So once you keep doing it and you record yourself or you look at yourself in the mirror, you're going to pick up on all the things that you would naturally do but where you have to kind of start to self-correct, okay? So you right. see how this exercise can actually show you quite a bit about yourself and how to self-correct just by reciting the alphabet? Right, right. Yeah. So to fall into that pattern of knowing that you need to introduce people, I'm sorry, you need to introduce yourself. You need to let people know what to expect. That's a preview. You need to let people know what to expect of um, your conversation, your delivery that day. And then- give them some type of call to action. They need to have some type of follow through, some, some next step, okay? You're setting expectations and then telling people what to do next. And that is pretty much the formula for every speaking opportunity. So doing this ABC challenge, doing the ABC exercise repeatedly is gonna get you more and more comfortable with doing that. And I can already hear how comfortable you are just by doing it, running through it a few times. Can you hear the difference and feel the yeah. difference? I, I can feel it. I feel, I feel like I'm not as nervous as before. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, I feel like, I, I know I try to make it like small adjustment, like project my voice. Mm -hmm. Specifically look at the camera, try to vision the audience. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can feel it different. Perfect. So I would like to see you do this. Well, I, I won't see you doing it, but I would like for you to continue doing it on your own and then share your most comfortable video with me. Okay. All right. So now <laughs> I want to, I want you to work on this next thing independently, because like I said, you're going to do this all the time and you're going to self-correct. So I want you to make it sound more fluid and less choppy. So right now, what I hear is A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L. And, but when you're, when you introduce yourself and when you close out is very fluid. So it should actually be the same thing. So when you say, good afternoon, everyone, my name is John, it should be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. So you see how those sentences sound the same? Right, so right. It's, it's the same type of alliteration. It's the same cadence. And we all have a natural cadence in our voice. So you have to tune in to yours. So record yourself one day telling a story. And listen to how you tell that story and find the rhythm in your voice, find the cadence in your voice, and then start to deliver your, a, you know, do the alphabet the same way. Because then you'll see that you have a natural rhythm and a natural cadence that you can repeat anytime that you are, um, you know, addressing a new audience. It's really about just being more in tune with, with your own vocal delivery, and it helps you improve the sound quality of your voice as well. 
Okay. So that's for on your own. <laughs> Nothing that we can get through tonight. But the next exercise will help you um, work on that, that vocal clarity and vocal variety. Okay. Okay. We're ready. All right. Well, come on back and we're going to jump into the next exercise. Okay, so the next exercise is called underscore. And in a nutshell, you know, underscore means to underline. So we are basically taking scripted material and we are finding what it is that stands out in that content that we need to emphasize or what we need to downplay. And it helps us perform, it helps us improve our manuscript speaking style. So this is actually very good for you because you work from scripted material. And so this helps you get to the point where you take that scripted material and you make it sound like um, a regular conversation. It sounds like you're delivering it off the cuff instead of sounding like you're reading it. So this is something that um, if I were to practice this and do a cold read, I would just grab a magazine or grab a book and choose any paragraph and read that paragraph over and over and over again until it sounds like it, the way it would if I wasn't reading at all and if I was just talking it. So the ex, the uh, par, the I'm sorry the document that I sent you today you can go ahead and open that and try to get that on your screen and I'm going to do the same. Can you see that on my screen? Uh, yeah, I can see. Exercise? Okay. All right. And do you have yours up? Are you able to kind of split your window so you can see um, this presentation, but also your document? If not, you can just look, you can just work from mine right now. Okay. Okay. So I chose this one. Do you know who Kenya, you know who Kenya Barris is? No, I don't. Okay. So Kenya, you know the show Blackish? I heard of it, but I never seen it. You've never seen Blackish? Mm -mm. I don't oh, even watch TV like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Kenya Barris is the creator of, uh, of Blackish. Um, he has another show on Netflix called Black AF. And they are similar, except Blackish is the more scripted version. And um, Black AF is more of the off the cuff. It's still scripted. It's, you know, there's still a storyline, but you can tell when he's imp he's improvising and it's more impromptu. So I chose this particular speech because although it's a scripted speech, you know, it's a manuscript, he's actually reading it while he delivers this commencement speech. He sounds just the way that he would sound when he's talking and giving an impromptu speech. And he stumbles a lot. It's not perfect, but it's still successful. He still connects with the audience. He hits all of his jokes. You know, they all fall on the audience the right way. He gets the right response. So I provided you with the link because I also want you to, you know, take a look at the link so you can actually see that he's reading. But if you, um, you know, turn away from the camera or you minimize the camera and you don't see him, it still sounds like he's talking. And that is, uh, that's the goal. That's what I want you to do. I want you to get to the point where you can read anything, but it sounds like you're talking. It doesn't sound like you're reading from a script. It sounds like you're just delivering off the cuff. So that's one of the common speaking styles. So there is um, extemporaneous speaking, there's impromptu speaking, and there's manuscript speaking. Uh, manuscript speaking is, of course, working from a manuscript. It's, you know, a, a scripted speech. Uh, an improvised speech is, you know, impromptu. It's, it's, you don't have anything prepared. You just stand up and you're winging it. And then an extemporaneous speech is a little bit of both. It is working from an outline. It's, it's being prepared by, you know, maybe jotting down bullet points or talking points. It's the the outline or the construction of a speech, but without actually writing it out. So that is where I want to get people to being able to deliver an extemporaneous speech because it still provides you with structure. It provides you with talking points, but it gives you the freedom to talk off the cuff 
and connect with the audience more. Because when you're reading, where are your eyes? Down here, instead of out at the audience. So an extemporaneous speech gives you both. It lets you, it gives you the, you know, the confidence and the comfort of working from a constructed outline, but it allows you the opportunity to look up and actually make eye contact with your audience and interact with them in that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to work from a manuscript style. And so the best way to deliver a manuscript style is to make it sound like you're not reading it. Okay. Right. So have you read through this yet? I read it. Okay. I read it once. Okay. It's okay. So you read it once. Good. So I want you to read it right now to me. Okay. So it says, my wife found me on the couch and she gave me less awful piece of advice. I was, uh, it, it was something I told her and my kids many times before. She told me to stack up, get up there or get up here, do my best and importantly, be myself. And that's what, oh, that's when it hit me. The only time my wife gives me good advice is when she advised Oh, when she says my advice back to me. Mm-hmm. And you want me to continue? Okay. Nope. So that's good enough. All right. Okay. So if you, and that's a cold read. That's how you, that's how a person sounds when they just get material for the first time and they haven't had a chance to read through it for, um, you know, for context. So they don't know what's supposed to be funny and how to say it in a way that's supposed to be funny. It's just a cold read. Mm-hmm. But when you are delivering a speech and you are working from something that you've written, you want to be so comfortable with that material that you know exactly how you're supposed to deliver that line where there's a joke or exactly where you need to be somber because you want people to react, you know, with emotion and with um, sympathy or empathy, right? So the way that you deliver it is supposed to invoke that same emotion out of your audience. So that's what comes with doing this underscored, uh, this underscored technique. You go through, you get comfortable with material, you highlight what needs to be highlighted, you underline what needs to be underlined, and then you deliver it according to your notes. Now, now that you're doing this, if you think about it, how many people you really think take time to do this to their speeches? So think about, you know, in um, you know, in high school or in college, and you're given that book report or you're given that presentation, people will do that PowerPoint. They don't practice it at all. They run through it on the day they are supposed to present, and it's a mess. Right? Right, right. Yeah, because you're not familiar with the content at all. And even worse, because I'm a teacher, I can tell when somebody else did your PowerPoint for you because <laughs> you're completely, you know, unfamiliar with it. Right. So I, I, I know what it looks like to do a cold read and I know what it does, what it looks and sounds like when you have gotten comfortable with your material. You spent time knowing exactly when to do what and the underscore techniques helps you do that. So what you're going to do is you're going to think about all of the nouns, adjectives and verbs and you will highlight or underline them. Now, usually what I do is I underline things that I want to run together. So you see how I have that whole phrase, something I had told her and my kids many times before. Can you see where I have that, all this? On your stream? Yeah. So your, your, your stream still shows, um, I think, the actual PowerPoint. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let me see if I can. I thought my underscore came up. Let me stop the share for a minute so I can go to the next one. Okay. Okay, sorry, I needed to find the (laughs) I needed to be able to get back to the document myself. All right, so I'm gonna share again. Okay, now you can see the underscore technique. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. All right, so you see I've underlined wife. I've underlined less awful piece of advice. Something I had told her and my kids many times before. I have all that underlined. You see that? Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So typically what I do is I highlight the things that I want to um, emphasize, but I underline the things that I want to roll together. Okay. So when I have it underlined, it's not because I want to, a, a less awful piece of advice. I don't, that's not what I want. It's more of, I want to downplay those words because together they mean something. Independently, they mean nothing. So I'm underlining them to group them together, okay? So instead of saying a less awful piece of advice, I'm gonna roll that together and, and make that whole thing the noun, a less awful piece of advice, okay? So as I read this, the way that I've, um, you know, made, made, made my notes scored or underscored, it would be, my wife found me on the couch. And she gave me a less awful piece of advice. It was something I told her and my kids many times before. So you see how I rolled all that together? Mm -hmm. Okay. It was something I told her and my kids many times before. She told me to sack up, get up here, do my best, and importantly, be myself. And that's when it hit me. The only time my wife gives me good advice is when, let me do that again. The only time my wife gives me good advice is when she says my advice back to me. So that's the important part of the sentence when she says my advice back to me. So I have that highlighted, but I also have it underlined because I want to roll all that together. When she says my advice back to me, because we don't want it to be when she says my advice back to me. So you change, you see how that changes the, the flow and the, um, the mood of the, of the sentence. Right. 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 And so to do that again. So my wife found me on the couch and she gave me a less awful piece of advice. It was something I told her and my kids many times before. She told me to sack up, get out here, do my best, and importantly, be myself. And that's when it hit me. The only time my wife gives me good advice is when she says my advice back to me. So you see how that mirrors the way that I've made my notes? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want you to do the same thing for this longer sentence. Okay. Uh, the next, okay, the next one. I'm sorry, the next paragraph. Okay. You want me to highlight it and um, mm -hmm. in the line as well? Yeah. So okay. I did the first one for you. The only thing that's ever really worked for me is being me. If one, if someone was to read that, they would probably say, what also hit me is that in all actuality, the only thing that's ever really worked for me is being me. But in, instead, it should sound more like the only thing that's ever really worked for me is being me. Because that's how you would say it in a conversation, right? Yeah. The only thing that's ever worked for me is being me. Now, you can choose to highlight different things. You might say the only thing that's ever worked for me is being me. And if you wanted to deliver it like that, then that's how you would make the notes. You would, you would highlight only thing that's ever really worked for me. Then you would highlight that ever really worked for me. Okay. And then you might underline ever really worked for me because you want to roll those together. You see what I mean? Right, right. Okay. So this sentence here. And that doesn't mean you look to improve yourself or grow or be better. There's a variety of ways you could deliver that. You could say, and that doesn't mean don't look to improve yourself or grow or be better. Or it could be, and that doesn't mean you don't look to improve yourself or grow or be better. Right? So you decide how you want that to sound and you make the proper notation so that you know to deliver it that way. Okay. Okay. And it would be based on how you would tell it if you weren't reading it. Right. Right. So if you weren't reading it, you would get the gist of it, that, that it doesn't mean that you don't look to improve or grow yourself or be better, but because you won't be reading it, you might not remember that exact grouping of words. So it'd be, it, it might come off something like, and that doesn't mean you don't try to grow or, you know, try to work on yourself. Because now you don't, you don't, you, you remember the, the, you remember what you wanted to say. You remember 
the gist of what you want to say, but now you're not going to remember all the words because you're talking off the cuff. But if you were reading it, you want it to sound the way it would if you were just talking off the cuff. So you see how you're blending those two things. You're taking, uh, you can either do a script, I mean, do a speech that's either fully scripted, but you don't want it to sound scripted, or you're going to completely wing it, but risk not make not making it, um, not hitting all the points that you want to make. Right. Okay. I know it's going to take a long, my bad. No, it's okay. And if you just want to work on uh, a couple of sentences and we just do a run through of two, you know, two sentences, we can do that too. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, so I didn't finish, but um, I'm going to stop at the part where it says your parents talk to you. Okay. There we go. Okay. What also hit me was that, no, 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 I'm sorry. What also hit me was that in all actuality, the only thing that's ever really worked for me is just being me. And I kind of messed up. And if, all right, I wanted to read that together. Okay. So what also worked for me is that in all actuality, the only thing that ever really worked for me is just being me. And I, no, and I think if there's any real advice that I can give you today, that's what it's going to be. Be you. And that doesn't mean don't look to improve yourself or grow to be better or I'm sorry, RKS or grow to be better. It just means look inside. Remember who you are. Remember what your parents taught you. And that's that's kind of where I got to. Can you hear the difference? Right, right. I can hear the difference. Now, even though I know what I should have done is had you read the same paragraph, the same paragraph that you read initially, because then you could see your before and after. 
So I had you read the opening paragraph, but I should have had you read this paragraph and then work on this paragraph because then you could hear the difference in your cold read and your, your read after you've gotten familiar with the content and I can hear it. Can you, can you feel the difference? Definitely felt the difference from when I read before we called and then Mm -hmm. like actually listening to what you were saying Mm -hmm. and putting in, you know, putting it to action is a big difference. So when I, um, as you were delivering, I stopped looking at you and I read the speech and to listen to you, it sounded like you were talking. It sounded like you were just talking. It didn't sound like you were reading a speech and that is the goal. So you've done it already. So imagine how, how comfortable you're going to be with doing this with manuscript, you know, with anything that's prepared content, you will get it to the point where you sound like you're delivering it off the cuff. And that's the goal. That's that, that is what you're shooting for to be able to deliver manuscript speaking and still sound like yourself. Okay. Okay. So I think I want to have you do one more. (laughs) Down here, I want you to do the Westmore exercise. Just because it's short, it's only two lines. I want you to just read uh, that second paragraph. That's the beauty of everything that you've done. I want you to read that right now for me. Okay. Uh, That's the beauty of of everything that you, uh, I'm sorry. That's the beauty of everything that you have done so far. This stage is set. The path is laid out for you. And now it's about you running towards toward it. Okay. okay. Now I want you to map it out. I want you to underscore it, take your notes, read it a few times, and then read it again to me. Okay. 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 That's the beauty of uh, uh here we go. That's the beauty. Ah, uh, I can't say the word <laughs> beauty. <laughs> Let me try to slow it down. That's the beauty of everything that you have done so far. The stage is set. The path is laid out for you. And now it's about you running towards it. Yep, do it again. That's the beauty of everything that you have done so far. The stage is set. The path is laid out for you. And now it's time. I mean, and now it's about you running towards it. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Okay. That's the beauty. Mm, that's the beauty of everything you are. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's the beauty of everything that you have done so far. The stage is set. This path is laid out for you. And now it's about you running towards it. Yep. And so the first line, I think you're struggling because you really wouldn't say it like that in real life. You wouldn't say, that's the beauty. You would be like, that's the beauty of everything you've done so far. Right. Right. You wouldn't really hide, unless you wanted to highlight, then you might say, that's the beauty of everything you've done so far. You might highlight it that way, but otherwise you would probably run it all together and say, that's the beauty of everything you've done so far. You hear the difference? Mm -hmm. So you think about what would you say if you were just saying it in a normal conversation? How would I say this if I was just talking off the cuff? 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was, and that's the beauty of everything you've done so far. Mm-hmm. So whenever I say, even with the ABC exercise, when I say, recall yourself telling a story, that's what I mean. So focus on the last story you told or record yourself telling a story just so you have it for context. That way you can hear the rhythm in your natural voice, right? Because we all have it. We all have a natural cadence in our delivery. So once you hear it, that'll help you think about how would I say this if I was just talking? And and it, it actually happens naturally as you get familiar with the speech because you start to learn the words, like just like you learn a song. You start to learn what you've written and you get to the point where you do just say it off the cuff. But that's the manu- that's that's mastering the manuscript style of speaking. It's getting comfortable with your content and delivering it a way that you would deliver if you were having a normal conversation or talking off the cuff. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, great session. Thank great. you for actually participating, really doing the exercises. Um, I hope you found some value in it. I hope this is something that you think you can repeat on your own.